And on that note, we cue the music. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt. Matt, Matt, meow. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm the other host, Jake. And Jake, we have a guest. Back by popular demand. Yeah, actually, no, we've wanted guests, but unfortunately, guys, sorry, we had to bring Matt back. <laughs> I like how popular <laughs> demand means we bring Matt back, aka one person's like, hey, what happened to that one guy? That no, one? nobody one of said our, that. One of our most popular episodes was episode four, coincidentally, the one you were on. Yeah, yeah because I am... A cavalier. Oh, I like it. A cavalier. I don't know what that means. I was just like thinking. Mm. Of a you are a cavalier, or are you a cavalier? I think both. Okay. I think I dress in medieval style or mm. like 16th century. Style. You go to oh Renaissance fairs. Renaissance fairs. Yeah. Is Renaissance that from a reference? How your mother? Stupid. Yeah. Don't you make those references. I'm not there yet. Oh, you're not. He <laughs> oh, he's not at the encyclopedia. Are you not at the uh, I'm on intervention? Season three episode. Yeah, he oh, he eight. must not be at the intervention Dimension, episode yeah. yet. No. The intervention episode is hilarious. Yeah. You're close. You're close. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Um. So Jake, you just asked me if I got a minivan. Yeah, I pulled up and I don't see uh, Jeff's like uh, kind of orangish and silver um, element. And I'm like, there's a minivan. I'm like, I'm gonna ask that guy if he has a minivan. Heck yeah, dude. So, um, Matt, get off your phone. I had to respond. Dang, teacher Jeff. Um, no. So, uh, yo, there will be no phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, our phones so are remember, right remember I got in an accident? Yeah. So this, I got my car. It's in the repair shop. And they're like, uh, dude, I was so pissed yesterday. I showed you guys my sleep schedule, like two-hour increments, terrible. Yeah. So yesterday I slept for like an hour and a half. And then I had to get up and then go to turn my car in i had made an appointment with the car rental so that they would pick me or they would drop my rental off so i wouldn't have to go anywhere i could just get it come home go to sleep yeah i get there and i'm waiting like 20 minutes and there's no car rental so we call them and they're like what no you're supposed to come pick it up oh i was so pissed i don't ever give bad yelp reviews but i was so tired and pissed i went and made one did you really yeah i was like these idiots i'm tired um so we get the guy picks us up in that van and I'm like sitting in the back seat. I'm like, this thing is nice as hell. All leather seats. Okay, I love minivans. I love them. I don't yeah. think that's controversial. You don't think so? No. Guys at work were shitting all over I me. Think it's a, really? Well, I don't know. He's hating. I'm not. I'm not hating. Oh, Just I drive a big manly truck. No, I don't. You might die. That doesn't. That doesn't. That start doesn't start half the time. Yeah. No, I just it's it's uh. Dude, they're practical. Okay. And I'll show you her before you go. Her taking kids to soccer practice. No, for like oh, sleeping. That's no. Dude, if you put those back seats down, it's game over. Yeah. My dad used to. Ha- my mom and dad used to have a minivan. Or yes. no, the only Dude, other way. I'm no, so no, glad no, 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 The only way that episode. works yeah. if you're Kelso and your girlfriend's Jackie. And you stop win that. Oh, and you stop. Win- oh, stop. <laughs> you misogynistic <laughs> pigs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh. It's fancy, dude. It's, it's nice. got all the bells and whistles. I'll show you. It's got like all these LED lights all throughout oh, I it. I didn't even see it. Dude, it would be the perfect uh, Uber. 
if you were into that. But yeah. I don't know. It's really nice. Yeah, you could you, you could, could get a, I yeah, think it'd be great for like that would road be a good trips. U- that would be a good Uber. Yeah. Road, be a good Uber road, trip. road trip for sure. I was thinking that the whole time because there's like three rows of seats. Anyway, so the guy, he picks us up in that. And then they had like one sedan and like six minivans. Well, it costs more for the minivan. But the insurance said they'd only pay for a certain bracket of car, which is the sedans. And I was like, what's up with that minivan? And he goes, yeah, I'll give you it for the sedan price. I was like, hell yes. So I'm ro- ro- rocking that uh, minivan. For how long? Tomorrow. No. <laughs> <laughs> so and, for and the bliss is over. Yeah. But you know what's funny is like. The element I, has a ton of room though. Yeah, it does. I, I do love the element. But when I walk up to the mi- minivan, I kind of am disgusted. But then I get inside and I'm like, oh, I love minivans. Like the Honda Odyssey is like a dream. Mm-hmm. One day. Yeah. I will have a Honda Odyssey. You know what I think also is the great thing about minivans is that I'm so glad Matt's so here. They're so versatile <laughs> for what they can do. The only thing, if they were all like all-wheel drive or four-wheel yeah, drive, that's what I'm saying. that would be It'd perfect. It'd be game over. Yep. It'd be game over. You would never need another vehicle no. ever. No. I stand by it. I feel like if you're going to get a van, it has to be one with curtains. And like that, like that port side ship window on the side, like the Jake. What is wrong? Whoa, with you? What like year is it? And then, and then spray <laughs> paint free candy on the side. Jake, stop. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Go> terrible. <home. laughs> Go home. No, it has like the little like sun blinders like built oh, into sweet. the door, so that's you like sweet. latch them. Oh my god, dude, that's sweet. what, dude. That is awesome. You're gonna take a nap. You're aging yourself right now, Jeff. Dude, it I'm is sorry. tight. I'm, I'm no, nervous. I have loved minivans for like. 10 years at least. All right. I'm pro van. So 22 years old, I still love Depends. minivans. I'm not pro those big white, those white vans that are long and like, it, you see them mainly with like, um, like delivery vans? Kind of, but it's more like, um, you know the ones like painters use? And yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. Where they have like the big double back doors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, those could be legit. Mm, I debate. I think those are the creepy vans. Well, yeah, well, but you, you can yeah, make those them are the cool. Van, that's how you kidnap that's how you get people. Yeah, yeah, those are the ones I'm, I'm anti. But how do you know this? <laughs> <laughs> Jake's been Move. up to Jake. Jo- Jake's Move. like, oh, you want to kidnap people? Okay, I have the one. You get the white yeah. van. Oh, you're trying to pick up ladies? Hey. You get the one that Kelso had. <laughs> oh, you want the one for kids? You just write free candy yeah. on it. <laughs> well, Jake is up to some Jokum justice, so he has to like spot the criminals before they start. Right. Oh, I like that. Jokum justice. Yes. Um, I need a shirt that says that. Yeah. So, yes, I'm rocking a minivan for one more day. Um, what is that? This is my little notebook that I keep <laughs> oh <my> ideas. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's way worse than Okay, the I'm not getting emasculated for driving a minivan, but my little notebook Dude. is shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going, Ted mo- Mosby move. I, I, that is a Ted Mosby move. <laughs> you watch <laughs> I, your I, mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I read uh, Pablo Neruda in, the, in its original oh Italian. <laughs> You guys are so annoying. <laughs> it's like encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hand on my notebook. Dude, are you talking about the book <laughs> of ma- what was it? The book of magicals? And they're like, <laughs> my dear boy, what else? That's my favorite book of magicals. <laughs> Nobody knows what you're talking about. Anybody who watched How I Met Your Mother, you'll you'll get it. These are my baby notes, dude. I got all kinds of notes. It looks in here. like you are. Say what you mean. Episode nine. There's notes right there, dude. No, I'm not saying there's not notes in there. I'm saying you look like you're going to go on a like journey for the last crusade. But look how big my hands look when I hold it. I mean, Trump would appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, S- quit interrupting me. I have a great I'm conversation sorry. piece right here. Oh my! <laughs> Did you just drink that with two hands? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so. The one thing about having a podcast is, uh, 
Oh, Matt <laughs> is drinking his water with two hands now. Um, we well, now I feel like I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> do your best impression. That's pretty good. That's yeah. He does a weird like. He like tilts his head downward. Yeah. It's freaking weird. Yeah. Anyways, so the thing about having a podcast is whenever I see Jake or talk to Jake outside of recording, I don't want him to tell me anything. Don't say a word because I want to talk about it on the podcast. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Last week, you know, what I'm gonna bring up. My collection? Yes. Yeah. So last week, he tells me, have I ever told you how much of a freaking psychopath I am? <laughs> I did not use the word psychopath. <laughs> it is clear. It uh, is se- okay, it is essentially, normal. the equivalent to that, he said, have I ever told you that I collect Beanie Babies and Hot Wheels? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, to this day? Like, a lot. Tell me about it now, because right. I cut you off last time. Okay. So, um... I have always been a collector. I collect things. I just have always, for whatever reason, I always want to um, like toenails. No, <laughs> <laughs> like like different like different merchandise. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. the babies are considered merchandise. It, Dude, it, let him get into it. it, it okay, <laughs> just so let him go. Let him go. It all started with um, when the uh, when the uh, prequels for Star Wars came out, and Pepsi had all of the cans with the. Uh, with the um, mm-hmm. uh, with characters, the characters yeah. on it, right? And there was twenty. I think there was twenty four, plus the golden Yoda, <laughs> and they were all on. They were all on the on the like the little on the on the aluminum cans, okay. right? So yeah, I yeah. would go everywhere, uh-huh. and I would go to like the um, like I remember one time like at the on a little corner store that used to be called um like TP Market, mm-hmm. and it's n- it's no longer there. But I would walk there as like a kid in the elementary school, mm-hmm. like every and go through their cans to try to find <laughs> ones I didn't have. And I remember when I found the Battle Droid, how excited I was when I found the Battle how Droid old one. How you? I don't know, third grade. Whoa. So I I would <laughs> do, I would just I didn't I would never open or drink them. I would right. keep them in their cans, right? And I and I was and I would go to like the, the, the supermarket with my parents, and right. I would they would have the big like twenty pack mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. them. And I would like I would get my finger in there in the <laughs> opening and spin, and spin it until I could see which which one was in there. Oh my the, word! Because the entire twenty would be the same ones. So like I would oh. say, like I'd be like, oh, another Darth Maul or ah, another like pa- uh, Padme Amidala or something like that, right? So like eventually I got all twenty four of them except for the Golden Yoda because uh-huh. they, they had a very small amount of Golden Yodas. Right. Well, this dude that my that my dad works with mm-hmm. got the Golden Yoda. <laughs> It was in a pack of like regular Pepsi, and right. it was a golden can of Pepsi, and it had Yoda on it. So I was like, "I have the other twenty-four. You have the the golden Yoda. Let's put them together and split the profit." Uh-huh. And he wouldn't do it. To this day, he's oh. got the golden Yoda, and I've got the other twenty-four. They're sitting there, not together, and it's driving me. nuts. Do you nuts. still know him? Oh yeah. Every time I see him, I bring it up, and he's like, "Well, <laughs> my golden Yoda is worth way more than your other twenty-four, so we'll split it 70-30. And I'm like, "No." Whoa, he's trying to hustle you, dude. Yeah, he is. So is that like your first collection? That was like my first. That was my first collection. Oh, that's. So interesting. Yeah. So then I started collecting Beanie Babies, <laughs> and yeah. I got really into Beanie Babies because I had an aunt that was really into Beanie Babies. Right. And I would go when I would me and my this was me and my mom's thing, my mom what? and I's thing. I don't know. It's weird. Like my mic was wet, and I was like, I it felt weird when I was talking. But I don't know. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um. So we wait. Would is your aunt single? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, okay. no. But so that was like me and my, that was like my mom and I's thing. Right. We would go and we would go and do that, and mm-hmm. we'd go and collect all of them. And I had I, I remember when I was in. No, this was this had to have been before because it was I don't know. It's like third or fourth. But grade. you're collecting for hobby. For hobby, not, not for, for pleasure. Oh, oh, it's definitely well, for pleasure uh, too. I, <laughs> yes. No, I like I don't. I've never sold any of my right. any of my stuff. But wait, okay, keep going. 
so I, I so would. So I would. Um, <laughs> so like I remember like when they came out with the with the duck beanie baby. Wait, Oregon it, duck. No, just oh. it was a mallard. It was a mallard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beanie I think baby. I had it. It's called Jake. I think I had it. Yeah, it's called Jake the Drake. Yeah. So like I wanted that really bad, and my and like I got that for for my birthday. My mom brought it to me when I was at school. What? That was, like that was like the big surprise. And did you got your ass beat? <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite was like Bones. It was like this dog. And anyway, I have this whole freaking yeah, yeah, tub yeah, yeah, of like a yeah. hundred plus Beanie Babies. Still, that I, I still have. Yeah. Are they in like plastic cases? Oh, they're all in their own cases. All the tags have protectors on them and everything. Like I was doing this when I was in elementary school. Like I didn't play with any of my toys. Yeah. I just fucking collected them. What? Whoa, look at Matt's face right now. <laughs> it gets even crazier. Oh, yeah. So, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. My Dude, <laughs> you started telling me this last week. I'm like, don't say another word, Jake. So my, my <laughs> other my other big collection is Hot Wheels. Yeah, yeah. And this oh, started okay. all at the same time. Like, I was doing, like, three massive, like, collecting Hunting, things. right. And in, in, on top of going Before the internet, dad. too, so... Yeah, so it was hard it's to like tra- it was hard to track the stuff right. down. So like me and my dad for like probably five five years, and we still buy like the, the ones we know that are going to be worth something with mm-hmm. Hot Wheels. But how do you know? Um, so they used to they have like every year they come out with like twenty five. They call it the first edition for each year, mm-hmm. and if you can get that whole collection, that's usually worth something. Mm-hmm. The big ones are called Treasure Hunts. It'll be it'll be on the side. It'll be called Treasure Hunt, mm-hmm. and they do like uh, a series of like ten treasure hunts for every year, and they're super hard to find, mm-hmm. and they're automatically minimum like trade value like twenty five bucks. So, oh. but there's some that are worth way more than that, and some that are only worth like twenty five. Hmm. It just depends upon like what people like, right? right? There was like this one that was like it's called the Baby Boomer, but they did a treasure hunt version of the Baby Boomer, mm-hmm. and it um that was that's worth like. Well, if you can find one, it's worth, I think, close to like a thousand bucks or something like that. So my dad and I would go around to um, to uh, like Toys R Us or like Fred Meyer's in the morning. We know like when they're hot, when like their stock would be. There's grown men. Dude, I used to work at Target. I know. There's grown men that would line up in the mornings. And like I would I I would race like as a third grader or fourth (laughs) grader, I would race grown men. To the Hot Wheels sections in the morning. Yeah. And like one time at, at, at Toys R Us, like, no, me and my mom were Christmas shopping one year at, at uh, Fred Meyer and Salmon Creek. Yeah. And all of a sudden I see this line of like five guys following this this say, the, the stock boy <sighs> in a cart. And I'm like, I know what's going on. Yeah. They're stocking yep. Hot Wheels. Yeah. So I go in there and then I, I go up to like look in the boxes and the, like this guy like sticks his hand out and he goes, nope, the rule is you can't touch anything in the box until he puts it on the peg. And I was in search for like I had like three first editions for two th- year two thousand one left right. that I had to get, mm-hmm. and I found all three of them that night. But it was big, like I was like just racing full, like just full on sprinting through <laughs> the aisles, like f- tra- like chasing yeah. guys to like Hot Wheel displays. Like it's a real thing. I was the stock guy. Uh, that's being sucks. harassed. That sucks. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. So I have, <laughs> I have over three thousand Hot Wheels in my basement, still unopened in the box. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That yeah. is, that's that's borderline hoarders. No, Three, it's not. That's 3, what I was thinking. 000? That's what I was thinking when he told me. Chick, when he started I thought you'd say me? I have like a hundred and fifty. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's a normal amount. What are you going to do with those? Thousand. They're all in tubs. I know, but doing for what? what? Tubbing it? <laughs> I don't, what is that verb? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do with them. Yeah, my dad's my dad's brought up selling them before college and like and like putting like putting <laughs> that towards like a down payment on a car or something. And I just can't get myself a to real sell boy them. car. <laughs> yeah, a right? real boy <laughs> car. <laughs> you know, one that doesn't break down all the time. Yeah, why? 
That's so interesting. And you're still going after some of them? Oh yeah, no, if I if I every time I'm at ask Kylie, anytime I'm at like Fred Meyer or Target, mm-hmm. anything like that, I stop by the Hot Wheels section and I I flip through if I find motorcycles. Um the motorcycles are always like <laughs> the ones me and my dad always went after uh-huh. like the more different motorcycles. Like there was the um the blast lane, which was like a chopper style, that mm-hmm. was when West Coast Choppers and American Chopper was really big, right. and they Hot Wheel came out with a line of them. We have like I think eight or nine different colors of the blast lane, hmm. so it was fun. It was, a fun it was a fun thing to do with no, my dad. No, that's like not something. You got your dad. dad thing, you got your mom thing, and then you got your weird like soda can thing. That was kind of your own thing, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Lurking through the boxes. <laughs> um, so those are my those are my three big collections. I but love I, it but so I've, much. But I've always kind of just like collect just kind of collected right so now i'm wondering you talked previously about when you would throw a fit and throw all your jets merch (laughs) (laughs) what are you giggling about (laughs) (laughs) well you'd grab all your stuff and throw it in a bag and you'd throw it outside oh yeah do you have like a ton of jets like stuff do you collect it the same way i don't collect it the same way but i do have a lot of jets Hmm. like stuff then it's all like the worst did i tell you like it ended up in all out in the snow yeah yeah hmm that's interesting. So, do you have like impulse to collect new things? Mm. Well, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, so like Assassin's like I have all my Assassin's Creed mm-hmm, games mm-hmm, like mm-hmm, all in mm-hmm. chronological order on my bookshelf. Right, right. So like I don't really want to play Odyssey, but right. I feel like I have to buy it to be part of my collection. Okay, okay. So it's like sixty bucks. Like, I was gonna buy it because I have Xbox Live credit. Right. But I'm like, if I buy it and it's just downloaded Digital, it, like digitally, yeah. it's like not the same. For it sure. Go with my For collection. sure. Do you collect anything, Matt? No. You it's collect swords. I have two. I don't call that a collection. One, okay. So well, oh, all the no. dead bodies of animals <laughs> hidden under his house. Uh, <laughs> the souls of the innocent. No. The uh, souls of the innocent. No, oh God. Uh, I have. So the sword thing, I got a samurai sword for my great grandma mm-hmm. because I. Pinky rings. Okay, th- those are my grandpa's. That's something different. Oh, Wait, that wasn't. You've like told a me you've wanted to go out and buy new pinky rings, though. No, I like to buy rings. Okay. Like I like rings. Uh, so you collect rings. I don't collect them though. Like when's the last time I bought one? I don't know. Never. Yeah, that's why he's asking you. They're all from no. They're all from <laughs> my grandfather. You're getting not, real defensive about how your I remember rings. Our, uh, no, our, here's our Overwatch conversation going no, about I rings. W- don't get me wrong. If I could, I would. But they're also expensive. Not like hot. You work for the government now, dude. Well, yeah, but I'm still not wanting to blow as much money as. So you don't collect? Just you have two swords? That's not a really a collection. That's not a collection. One I got at the uh, Portland Highland Games because um, it was cool and I wanted it. Mm-hmm. And then the second, w- the first one that was my samurai sword, which um, my, my I think you showed me that. Yeah, my uncle Lee got it at a pawn shop in Coos Bay, Oregon. <laughs> Shout out to the pawn shop in Coos Bay, Oregon uh-huh. that had a samurai sword. <laughs> um, Authentic Japanese? No. Oh, okay. It's like a rattlesnake skin around it. It's oh, like it's gosh. But um, my great grandma. terrible. My great grandma <laughs> said, and I quote, I keep it in case someone tries to get in my house and I stick them with it. Dude, <laughs> one time when I got up for work, when this is when I worked early, like four or five in the morning, and I was still going to Clark. I left my backpack in the front seat mm-hmm. of my car. Oh. Yeah. And I came out to my car, and my passenger window was smashed, and my school bag was gone. Ugh. And I was just standing there, just staring at my car, just pissed. So then I called uh, Jen from outside. I'm like, hey, I'm standing outside. Someone broke into my car, stole my things. Well, my neighbor, I think I, I, mean, I don't think I told you guys about my crazy neighbor. I might have back in the day. He comes running outside with a samurai sword, like swinging, ready to stab somebody. So... What? I get it. What? Just, just, you have a neighbor that's ready to go with a samurai sword at a moment's notice? Well, this was when I was in downtown Vancouver, but yeah. He uh, was a little honestly weird. Honestly, though, I, 
I would be more. <laughs> That's thro- like I no respect. I, no, no, I'd yeah, be more, dude, he was no, terrifying, saying, dude. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's I'd killed be more someone. Thrown off by someone coming at me with a samurai sword than like with like their fists or like a gun. Well, I'd be yeah. like, Jesus well, I don't know Christ. about a gun. No, like a gun, you're gonna be like, whoa. But if I see samurai sword, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, like, for well, sure. He's gonna chop you. Me well, up. you just have to assume that he knows what he's doing. If he's confident, no, I'm not coming at you with a samurai sword. He's gonna stab me. Yeah, I'm thinking like. Psycho, yeah, like yeah. not coming at you with any sort of skills, just swinging. Swinging, yeah. That's how you lose a limb, Jake. Yeah. Terrifying. Hashtag the Patriot. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I will th- say that I think I do collect, you see it like a few movies up here, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I have a thousand oh in my storage. God. That's a lot of movies. Yeah. That's a lot of movies. Like DVDs and Blu-ray. Gotcha. So. You, what's like this got me thinking? What is like the weird, like what is the coolest, weirdest thing that you own? Something that would be weird to somebody else that's really cool to you. Oh gosh, that's I know there's something. Oh well, I don't know. It's I bought like an limited edition of Call of Duty with night vision goggles. That's cool. That yeah. So that's a that's a Step Brothers. Yeah. Like moment kind of thing. They're pretty tight. Yeah. They actually work. Do they work? Yeah. They're cool. They're in storage. I'll show you them sometime. All they're right. cool. But other than that, I don't really know. Weird? I don't know. Hmm. I'd have I mean, to think I, about or it. Or just like something different. Like there's something weird. Right, just right. Different. I don't know. Matt? You, do you have something <laughs> besides oh, Beanie I, Babies? <laughs> yeah, I have something. I would, you I say something. first. I want yeah, yeah. okay, so to see where right. the bar it's, is. It's not super weird. It's, I, think it, I think as history majors, you guys will think it's cool. I mean, Beanie okay. Babies alone has me like that's kind of weird. Yeah. I get that. I have not bought a Beanie Baby. But here's the thing. I know those things can sell for ridiculous amounts of money. Oh, yeah. No, I have. I'm judging you on that. Well, no, we should because he's not selling them. Yeah, that's true. My most proud Beanie Baby that I own is the end of I'm putting that in a clip for sure. <laughs> the most proud Beanie Baby. <laughs> the one I'm the most proud of yeah. is uh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's the is the uh, it's the end bear. It's uh-huh. when T Y was like they said they weren't going to make any more Beanie Babies. Yeah, like, they, they were, sold they, your ass on they it. S- they stopped at like something like 150 or something like right. that. I don't know. And. The end bear was supposed to be the last bear that they ever made. And it's mm-hmm. this black bear, and it has the end on it. Mm-hmm. And it's a really cool bear. It's that like is the classic tight. T.Y. Ba- a classic Beanie Baby bear. Mm-hmm. It just says the end. Mm-hmm. And I wanted that super bad, and, and I, I, I got that for Christmas. And then they had the beginning bear, which was their restart, which was like so six stupid. months later. So you paid all this money for the end bear. But yep. Yeah. Suckered. Oh, but this ties me into one thing. We're dressing Tucker up for Halloween. Yeah, yeah. As a Beanie Baby. We're putting the big T Y tag, the big T Y tag on him. It's you told me that. Okay, that's he told me yeah. that flag football, and I was just like, man, that's all right. Mm-hmm. But now knowing the story, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh yeah, you gotta have. <laughs> I want to. I'm, I'm gonna take a picture with all of my dog beanie babies with him in the picture. Okay, dude, you're lucky you have a girlfriend because I'm telling <laughs> you, for my reason, you wouldn't if you did that. Oh my god! <laughs> like I'm telling you, right now, you would not. You'd be yeah. alone forever. <laughs> Dude, Tucker um, has like freaking a thousand followers on Instagram. Over eleven hundred now. Jeez. Yeah, he's killing it. He can't even give us a shout out. I know. <laughs> Freaking hater. Yeah, to kind of talk to him about that. Yeah. Anyway, so the, I think the anyway, weirdest thing you got. Th- it's not weird, but it's something that like if somebody were to look at it and be like, "The fuck do you have dirt for?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I m- my I think you guys know this. M- um, the top on my bucket list is mm-hmm. to go to the Battle of Gettysburg right. the National mm-hmm. Historic Site. Right. Yeah. And. There is this ridge, and it's, called, it's McPherson's Ridge. Mm-hmm. It's where the uh, the second and seventh Wisconsin's like took devastating losses to try to hold 
hold out long enough for the rest of the Union forces to get entrenched. Okay. And they basically sacrificed themselves. There was a race at the top of this hill, and they took, like, over 80% casualties to hold this hill. Mm-hmm. And it's called McPherson's Ridge. And them holding that saved the day for the Union and allowed me to... Um, set up on the high ground south of town, which ultimately saved, you could ar- argue, saved the Union Army. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my manager went there last su- over the summer, mm-hmm. and he he dug up some dirt from McPherson's mm-hmm. Ridge and brought that back to me. I don't think that's weird. No, that is tight that's as really hell, cool. actually. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Because yeah. people collect all sorts of like jars of like dirt or sand or stuff. And, like I know there's like, people go to Normandy and collect the sand, Ooh. but now you can't do that anymore. Because they're worried that it's like degrading the beaches. Oh, I would imagine yeah. that makes sense. And th- yeah, there's a l- there's um, but that's not a, a that uncommon of a thing. This is though. I think I've shown you guys this this book. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's a really the cool outline book, of yeah. history yeah. by Wells. Um, I like that. There's it's a gift. Was a gift. G. Wells or Orson? Orson um, it was a oh gift. Oh, H. G. Wells. Sorry. Okay. Um, but 1922 is when it was published. But it th- it was like a gift to somebody, Edith Elliot. Powers mm-hmm. um, from something Washington, I think, but it was a gift in 1923. That's pretty badass. But my grandma gave me this. That's really cool. Yeah, that's the only kind of collectible thing that I have. Yeah, I don't really know. That's kind of that's kind of what I was getting at. Is something, yeah. something like that. Like yeah, that's perfect. Mine. I haven't read it yet, but yeah. I want to. Mine's not really a collectible per se, but I do have kind of. They're more like. They're family heirlooms. Whoa! What? This note just fell out of it. What is it? No way. What is it? It's got my grandma's name on it. That's cool. And it, on the back it says... This is where we'll go find the Declaration <laughs> of Independence. <laughs> 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 There's a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. I love you. I miss you. Want you. Pray for us. When you use this, think of me. That's cute. And you had no idea your grandma wrote that? No. That's no, cool. this isn't for me. This is for like... The per- that's from Shirley. Or to Shirley that's from cool. my grandpa. That's cool. Who's Shirley? My grandma. Oh. Gotcha. Whoa. Oh, Edith is the person who's... Yeah, I don't know who the hell Edith is. Oh, okay. That's really cool. That's crazy. That's so random that just fell out. Crazy. You're Look at the stuff you guys are treated to, <laughs> listeners of Say What You Mean <laughs> podcast. <coughs> That's really cool. Huh. Um, Crazy. Yeah, so, Jake, you're my favorite human being. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I don't know what you guys want to talk about. I have plenty of things. Do you want me to bring one up? Yeah, let's go for Okay, Trump is a nationalist. Go. You're just going to drop that one? I don't know, dude. I He self-identifies as a nationalist publicly. What do you think of that? Uh, I think as important as our institutions to maintaining democracy, the only reason why our society is allowed to even exist is because of the existence of norms. Mm-hmm. And by calling yourself a nationalist, mm-hmm. if you're a politician, right, completely destroys the norm of democracy, right? right? And, right. and um, I, I just I think that is so destructive. I also wonder how much people on specifically the right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to just call out, you know, Republicans or anything. I'm just saying right. I hear it more on the right than I do on the left. Conflate nationalism with patriotism. Oh yeah, because for I sure. Think there's a I mean, they kind difference. of go. Yeah. No, because I mean, you can be. I, I don't think patriotism necessarily is a left or right thing. It's okay. It's, it's something where you. D- essentially, what I think is nationalism is more of a promotion of a political identity, mm-hmm. whereas patriotism is more of the honors and duties of 
being a part of a country and the things you're expected to uphold, mm-hmm. like democratic norms and and standing for you know civil liberties and 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 the constitution. So like that to me is patriotism more or less, or fighting for the constitution. Like you know, right? I, but I think nationalism is more of a a um, political, I guess. Uh, not, I mean, political party, mm-hmm. you can like nationalist parties, right. but more of a political identity. Okay, so one argument that I saw online, which is kind of reading up on this, I thought it was an interesting argument, but they're saying that because he, um, because I think the way that he phrased it was like, you're not supposed to say this, but I'm going to say it, I'm a nationalist. Um, that that's kind of the behavior that he's kind of continuously displayed mm-hmm. of like, you're not supposed to do this, but guess what? I'm going to do it. And that's why his supporters love him so much. Well, and then so the argument was made that, like, these white supremacists or these extremist groups, they kind of see validation in, like, we're not supposed to be white supremacists. We're not supposed to feel superior because society says we're not supposed to. But guess what? We do. So just his kind of attitude and demeanor. Yeah, that's that norm norm breaking. Right. Yeah. Okay. I was just—I thought no, that was an I interesting think, I argument. No, that is a very good argument. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. agree. I think it might be um, worthwhile for us to to try to. Um, I know Matt touched on a little bit, but yeah. I can th- delve deeper into the differences between nationalism and patriotism. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I've seen on I've seen on Facebook people have said, um, you know, what's wrong with being a nationalist? Like right. putting America first. What's wrong with that? Right. And and I think also um, I also counter that with when haven't we put America first? Well, I think it's the idea of putting yourself above others. I think. Like, with the attitude that you're better than My everybody else. My question is, are they conflating the nation-state with the individual? Well, that, and I think I think what they mean by putting America first, because I think, yeah, you're right, like, America has always looked out for its own self-interest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But also, but maybe at times has taken some um, marginal losses in certain areas mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the betterment of for for the betterment of like maybe like a global society, um, we've talked about the the existence of institutions, and that does end up costing um, the United States a lot of capital. Right. But it it builds soft power that has created massive amounts of gains in mm-hmm. other areas. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're looking in a vacuum, and you can see the United States lose like losing in some areas of in some areas of trade, you think, well, that's not putting America first. Right. Right. I I think that I think that's where people get. Like confused, mm-hmm. right? Is that America first doesn't mean to have to America um, has to just literally beat everybody else for sure in relative gains by by anybody else? Yeah, yeah. Not putting America yeah. first. Well, there's no understanding that these little small moves that might be minimal loss mm-hmm. are actually projecting us forward. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought I thought it was interesting. It no, interesting. and I, I think I. He's obviously had very, I mean, a lot of his populism is nationalistic. Yes, yes. So him saying I'm a nationalist is not a surprise to anybody. No, I don't think no, any no. of us no. were shocked about that. No. But I think for, for for me to somebody, but for somebody to actually, for him to actually like publicly say it, yes. I'm a nationalist. Yeah. What, I mean, at what point in our, in our history? Right. Gosh, it's it's like okay, cool. You can say something you're not supposed to say, but think about the damage that that does and the norms that are destroyed when you when you when you do that kind of stuff. Because literally, democracy exists only because it's allowed. It, it exists in the minds of the people. Democracy is a norm, right? Right. Democracy exists because people believe that it exists and it works for them. When you start undermining those norms and you create that mm-hmm. division in people's minds and they start thinking, well, maybe democracy isn't the greatest. Yeah. Right. That's when yeah. you start to see democracy crumble because we're voting for these people. It's all about 
how you feel about the government that's around you. It's how you feel about your currency. It's about how you feel about your elected officials, all of that, and just the system in general. And when you start undermining that in the minds of, of people by saying, by, by tearing down these norms, it's just, I think you, you just open up a whole bunch of floodgates. Did you hear what he said? Um, not totally. Okay. You know, they have a word. These are quotes. You know, they have a, you know, they have a word. It sort of became old fashioned. It's called nationalist. Um, and I say, really, we're not supposed to use that word. You know what I am? I'm a nationalist. Okay. I'm a nationalist. Um, <clears throat> Radical Democrats want to turn back the clock, restore the rule of corrupt, power-hungry go- globalists. You know what a globalist is, right? A globalist is a person that wants the globe to do well. Frankly, not caring about our country so much. And you know what? We can't have that. That's nonsense. Oh well, one, because it's not what a globalist is. Like, wow. globalism isn't wanting to do the globe well. <laughs> like, that, that's not a... Like, Literally what? every single foreign policy expert in the Beltway just like threw up a little you know bit. That, yeah. You know that scene in I forgot what movie it is where they like they're in a theater and like everyone face palms when like the guy says like <laughs> the wrong line. Mm-mm. I forgot what it was. Yeah. I have to look it up. But or like it's like you know you should have had a V8 face palm. Everyone just simultaneously did that. Who's in international <sighs> relations? Because that's not he doesn't he do, okay we know he doesn't know what he's saying. Right. He's saying things he's heard. He's it, it's um talking points he's heard on right. like Fox News right. mm-hmm. or Breitbart. Where right. It's like oh nationalism globalism. He's just regurgitating blah, blah, blah. Yeah. the same but crap. It, it's like if a parrot learned how to say a word <laughs> and just repeats it over and over again, but it doesn't know what it's right. saying. Well, I think it's mimicking. I think you had a good point as far as like this doesn't surprise us, um, because of his rhetoric and because of his attitude towards the international world and international relations, mm-hmm. you could say he's a nat- he's a nationalist. And like I would almost like before this hesitate to call him that because it's like that's kind of a big thing to put on somebody. Yeah. But then he puts it on himself, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. I mean, th- that doesn't. That's exactly what we thought the whole time. But if you're gonna use it, okay, then yeah, that's what you are. Yeah. And sure. we've seen this for the last year and a half. Yeah, but what what happens like now? And I think you touched on it with. You're, you you made the equivalency with white supremacists knowing that they're not supposed to publicly say that they're white supremacists, right. but now it's okay to say that you are because it's bucking, well, it's bucking they, the trend, well, right? right. It's bucking the norm, which right. which we we're all about bucking norms and yeah. And uh, as long as and, it's and America it's, first, it's not a PC. It's we're not we're destroying the PC yes. culture. Well, it is. It's moved away from being a white supremacist to being a white nationalist. Right. Oh, there you oh, go. For sure. Ooh, yeah, that's a good go. point. Remember that's at Charlottesville, there was a one um, college kid who got called out because. He was with the Tiki Torch rally, and they mm-hmm. were like, mm-hmm. and they were basically saying he was like, you know, they were saying lines That's like, "Interesting." Um, I think it was it's like, "You will not replace us" or something like that. Uh-huh. And then um, he was in the line to take a picture of him, and he got like essentially chastised from his university. And he was trying, and in a tweet, he said, "You know, I am not a racist and all this. I'm just a white nationalist. I support our culture and all this stuff." It's just a way to move away from being like, "No, you're you're a white right. Racist. You're just changing the term." Like it's one That's a good observation. Like here's the thing: people are proud to be Italian, but they don't say, "Hey, I'm an Italian supremacist." I think the idea between like, and I hear that argument mean being made all the time as far as like, um, uh, Black Pride or African American Pride or Latino Pride. That's fine. The 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 pride is a celebration of the culture and who they are. Not being proud of being supreme or yeah. above somebody, yeah, yeah and exactly. I think that's the huge difference. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, I think so. I think someone would saying like, "Well, okay, well African Americans are allowed to have their own like it's it's okay for them to talk about having their own you know their own culture mm-hmm. within the blanket that is American culture. Okay. Right? It's like a subculture, right? But Ameri- but if you say like we want whites to have 
their own subculture that's seen as mm. supremacist, right? Right, and and someone could say like this person said, "I'm not, I'm not a racist. Mm-hmm. I just am celebrating white culture mm-hmm. as a subculture of the Amer- of 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 the Amer- interesting. Of the, of you the know Americas. what I blame for that? I blame Kwanzaa. White people just couldn't handle it in the 1980s <laughs> when they came out with Kwanzaa. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'm joking. But of I course, think but I think yeah. you can I think you can historically disprove. That though, right? And oh yeah, because uh, very easily because African American culture wasn't allowed to become part of the blanket Jake, of American I'm not culture. Actually blaming no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I know that. that that has. N- I'm yeah, this he's my statement. Point. Yeah. My statement has nothing to to do with. What oh, you I'm sorry. Thought yeah, you let's said. distance no. ourselves <laughs> from Matt. <a> <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I mean because of uh, African African American culture had right. to develop separately from oh yeah from white culture or um, the greater american culture well also because they were marginalized due to slavery and then jim crow laws and being forced to assimilate into white culture yeah is what you see with minorities all the time mm-hmm. yeah. don't celebrate and act in the way that your culture or your people have for hundreds thousands of years act the way that we tell you to but in this country is that a mix but but even but even when f- even when slaves were freed right they were they were Still segregated and forced to live in their own right. communities and right. not allowed right. to participate and and form an identity equal to and within yes. the great like the 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 bigger white culture right. that right. dominated American politics. But also, right. is it also a mixture of assimilation? Because I think it's That's not. But I'm not saying like because I know when like obviously it, historically in the past it, it wasn't a, a, a thing of assimilation. It was for well, it was forced assimilation. It wasn't like right. Africans weren't allowed to you know practice their culture or right. Latinos or Native Americans. Yeah. But now and I'm seeing more in the 21st century, and and, and also in the, in the mid to latter part of the 20th, mm-hmm. I think assimilation became a big thing too, where it had to blend because. The, Minorities Who were had trying to blend? Minorities were trying to fit in because mm-hmm. they didn't want to be seen as outcasts because out or like outliers because mm-hmm. I think they were targeted more if they didn't conform. Well, like well but then the but the the problem with that is like the f- they had if to assimilate you had to assimilate at a at a lower um, right. rung Ooh, than, than oh, the people no, no, that no, were no, ahead yeah, of that yeah, 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 than yeah. than the you know a different than the white mm-hmm, race mm-hmm. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and so. I lost my I lost my train of thought, uh-huh. but the um but but then to say like today like well wh- I don't understand why they have to have like you hear people say like I don't understand why they can't why can't why they call themselves African Americans or Puerto right. Rican Americans or whatever why can't they just call themselves Americans mm-hmm. well it's like well historically they ha- weren't allowed yeah, yeah. to be really Americans right. So they had to form their own identity and their own culture yes. within their subculture, yeah. and therefore that's why they call themselves African Americans. Yeah. And then just and then just say like, well, you need to give that up and become part of the yeah. become part of America, Ooh, this American identity. You weren't allowed to do that 50, 60 years ago, yes. and all of a sudden now because it's politically advantageous because you don't want to be seen as as a as a racist. Right, right. You're going you're going to then now tell people that were marginalized for the better part of 150 mm-hmm, years, mm-hmm. 200 years of our country's history mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now you have to assimilate when we didn't allow you to. Do that, right? And that's that's just going to be some process that's going to happen overnight. Like, come on, that's right. ridiculous. Yeah. And and yeah. the complexity of identity, as far as minorities, in the research that I've done and I've seen, n- that adds a whole new layer to identity. Okay, now this is who you I have identified as for the last fifty years. Erase that. Now you're just American. It's like you're constantly changing yeah. the parameters and boxes that they need to check in order oh, yeah. to identify in this yeah. country. For sure. <laughs> Stupid. Well, I also think it's it's <laughs> it's much more difficult for non-homogenous societies. Um, I think race is much more of a difficulty because, like, a homogenous society, let's just say, like, I don't know, Switzerland, 
um, where I think race until probably the migrant crisis, which has caused probably more of a demographic shift, that's mm-hmm. caused a bit of an identity crisis with mm-hmm. within these countries. I think like race is a thing, and it's like South Africa, America, Australia. It's it's much more of a a topic that causes this like it's us or them mm-hmm. because us are like white people or mm-hmm. Latinos mm-hmm. and them are you know other minority groups mm-hmm. and it, it's just kind of this thing where I feel like since America is a non-homogenous society because mm-hmm. we're a, a land of you know immigrants and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. different cultures it's it's something that you're confronted with every day and I know people say like oh white people aren't confronted with race every day right but that's not true because I mean I see you know Muslims walking on the street to work, or right. I see African Americans, right? And it's and that's not a bad thing. It's right. It's like that's because we're not homogenous. We're not just seeing all white guys walking around. Okay. And and I think it's just I think people get also shocked when they see oh there's some guy named Muhammad Siddiqui in my town now who 50 years ago we never would have seen right. because heaven forbid a Muslim moves into like Topeka Kansas <laughs> right like, and I think that's also causing kind of a backlash of like. Where did all these groups come from? Right. They were never there or they were n- they kept it quiet because right. they were targeted. Well, so and it, even yeah. for those people to now identify as Americans, that would yeah. be shit on. Yeah. For those people to identify yeah. as Americans. Heaven forbid someone named Muhammad says they're an American. Well, right. Well, yeah, I mean, keeping like just the, 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 the further that point, Max, I think it's a really good point is, I mean, just locally, like how many people would know that there was a Sikh population in the late 1800s oh, no. in Astoria mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because no. they were incredibly marginal. <laughs> they yeah. were right. super marginalized to the point where they just right. formed a little bit of an enclave and had no like outward presence because right. they weren't allowed to. Yeah. Well, when your identity is reinforced and founded in the group that you have. Yeah. And when you're separated from the majority, your identity is found in the minority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sikhs were from India, by the way. If yeah. Nobody knows. That. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So next thing I have is, did you hear about these freaking pipe bombs being sent? Yeah, I just read about it, uh, yeah today. The to ones President the Obama, Hillary Clinton, George Soros, and CNN. Yeah. 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 Scary. So, but the but the Democrats are the violent ones, right? So the next thing I saw was an article of Trump denouncing these attacks when he's done nothing but promote this divisive rhetoric. Yeah, and to be fair, like he like okay, I'm not. To be fair, he's not saying bring pipe bombs. Yeah, no, but, but it's, if it's we're gonna make the argument that his change of norms is reinforcing these extremist groups, oh yeah then I think that that's a fair argument to say that the, your divisiveness... He does, have, he does have some culpability. I'm and your manipulation that. of yeah. your words and the the president of the United States, what he says does affect and change the way that people behave and act. And I'm not saying he's saying to go pipe bomb people. Yeah, no. But, eh, I mean, he's got to be a little more responsible with his behavior. Well, he's not going to be. Because his, <sighs> well, his, poll, his poll numbers... Don't drop right when he says stuff like right. that. He has no there because because he clearly doesn't care about norms or uh, what the effects of his actions. He's clearly the most like narcissistic, self-interested mm-hmm. person ever. Mm-hmm. He has the only way to change his behavior is to incentivize it. Right. And as long as his poll numbers aren't taking hits, yeah, he has no reason to change That's his behavior. It's yeah. like look at, I mean, just uh, this is way off topic, and it, and it, but it's I think it's a parallel. Look how he initially talked about the Saudis um, with their assassination of mm-hmm. the Washington mm-hmm. Post journalist like versus 
what he's saying now, now that he got so much pushback, not only from mm-hmm. Democrats, but from his own party. Dude, completely changed. Tra- you know, yeah. Completely well, yeah. 180. So I think that's the only way you get him. That's interesting. To beca- in his poll, his poll numbers, when he says stuff like that, either tick up yeah. or they stay the same. So he has no, that guy has no incentive right. to, to, to tone down his but rhetoric, right. which is really unfortunate. That his attacks on the press have led to higher instances of attacks on uh, publishing companies and yeah, uh, oh yeah. Because remember that one um, attack? I think it was like the Annapolis Gazette. I think I was looking. I was looking up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, where they a guy like basically like barricaded the people so they couldn't escape, and then went in there and started shooting it. Whoa! Like I, I think it was like in June, mm. um, if I remember right. Um, but you have to double check me on that. I, yeah, I, I remember yeah. I, I, it was something like that. Where yeah. It may not have been the Annapolis Gazette, but it, but it, the, the people are becoming more aggressive towards. Um, the press, and not to say that the press hasn't done or presented things in a way right, that are right, favorable, right. but it hardly obviously yeah. calls for this type of retaliation. Yeah, it, well, was, I think it was in June. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was it mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, think you have a good know. point though, Jake. As far as like until anyone bats an eye or shames him for his behavior, he doesn't change it. But even then, when he gets shamed, still sometimes he doesn't change it. Well, it's it depends on who shames him. Yeah. If his own party yeah, starts yeah, yeah, turning yeah. against him and he doesn't have their support them behind him then he's yeah. like oh i'll change my tune yeah. and then he does i don't yeah. know i just think that he's cool <laughs> um so the next article i wanted to bring up that i thought was really interesting is that trump has been advised multiple times that russia and china are listening to his conversations on his iphone yeah and he continues to use his iphone yeah i actually can tell you more about that um, I figured. With China. I figured. That's um, why I brought it up. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know anything when about I hear this. China, really? No. Yeah. Yeah. When I hear China, my China sensors go to ninety nine. Let me just read you this part real quick. The official said that they also determined that China is seeking to use what it is learning from the calls, how Mr. Trump thinks, what arguments he ten- tend to sway him, and whom he is inclined to listen to, um, to keep a trade war with the United States from escalating further. In what amounts to a marriage of lobbying and espionage? The Chinese have pieced together a list of people with whom Trump regularly speaks in hopes of using them to influence the president, the official said. Um, what what source? Uh, this is New York Times. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, I can speak more to at least the Chinese aspect of it because the number one country in the world that hacks the United States on a regular basis is China. Right. People think it's Russia. And Russia has been behind many hacking um, attempts mm-hmm. in the U.S., but China is, I mean, it's it's astronomical. Like, I think if you looked, I'll, f- I'll have to find a graph, um, and I'll try to find a link for you mm-hmm. guys. Um, but it's like, these are n- arbitrary numbers, but this is about the scale. It's like, Russia's behind like 50 attacks, and right. China's around like 800. Right. Like, it, it's like, it's astronomical. Okay, but now these attacks are directly spying well, on the president's putting, cell phone. They've been, and this isn't a conspiracy theory. This is confirmed by, I believe, the CIA and the Department of Defense uh-huh. that um, China was installing microchips um, mm-hmm. into the technology they'd sell to us because, as you know, they're a huge mm-hmm. uh, manufacturer mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. like televisions and, and phones. And so they would um, send them to people and they were right. g- gathering information. Right. And it infiltrated like important parts of our, our military, CIA, and clearly now the White House. Because, right. Because, I mean, an iPhone had those chips and right. it was in Samsung TVs and it was in all sorts of things. And so um, I'm not surprised that they're they're using that too. Right. Well, Rogan would, talks, but, but wouldn't wouldn't would don't you think wouldn't Trump at least subject his phone to inspection that it doesn't have like any of these recording microchips? Like how is this rec- how is this recording happening? That's this is this is where like I'm kind of like not wholly like not full on buying this. Okay. 
because like, they're not going to just they're not going to have there's n- I mean maybe he is that dumb right I would hope not right but you would think they would at least be able to like look at his phone even if he doesn't want to give up his iPhone mm-hmm. because the President Obama used his own personal BlackBerry right um, for most of his dealings yeah. um, so I I don't I w- you would just think that. I don't know. You would think that there'd be some. Yeah, I see what you're saying. They've done some sort of like scanning of his phone. Yeah, right. I'm not saying. I don't think there's a chip. I think they're finding ways to listen into his phone calls, whether it's on his end or the receiver's end. Because it's not like because it's not like a secure phone line. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this article is saying that they're encouraging more to use the secure line within his office, um, and they're hoping that he doesn't talk about national security issues. On these phone calls on his cell phone, we have no idea if he does or not, but I can guarantee he probably. Yes, <laughs> I can almost like you can almost just guarantee you know right. He does. But so now China, what they're looking at is who he's talking to, mm. to see if they can either buy him out or maybe sway them to get into his ear about certain things. Well, we already know Kushner is a high risk of of that, right? Because he w- he was he was he had his security clearance stripped by General Kelly because of his ties his the amount of debt that he has to Israel right. Israeli oligarchs right yeah. so well there are a lot of articles and, and he's and he's the guy sitting there trying to um, make trying to basically acting as the quasi st- uh, head of sta- uh, head of the State Department mm-hmm. and trying to come to come to trying to get the uh, the Palestinians and Israelis. To uh, to come to an agreement, but yet he's compromised <laughs> with the with with Israel because right. of his debt to is to Israel right. businessmen. Yeah, there's no conflict of interest yeah. there. Um, so what I thought was interesting about what this article said, I'm not saying that, that it's truth, but you know, it's saying that that China is using, you know, they're spying in order to kind of suppress the escalation of this trade war. Sure, and and if I can just add something real quick. Yeah, yeah, that. go for it. Um, I, I pulled up a New York or a Washington Post article. I also said it was an editor's note that I didn't realize because it's been a couple weeks since I read this article mm-hmm. that this um just to re- this is directly from the editor's note the story the story has been updated with uh, additional reporting on the views of U.S. officials uh, about the Bloomberg business report. One official um, who previously had conveyed confidence in the report later expressed uncertainty. The story also includes additional denials from Apple and Amazon. Um, but essentially, they're saying China secretly inserted surveillance microchips into servers used by uh, major technology companies, mm-hmm. including Apple and Amazon in an audacious military operation likely to further er inflame trade tensions between the United States and its leading source of electronic components and products. And so this is kind of critiquing the Bloomberg um, uh, report. That was the original one who reported on um, the... so it sounds like they're hacking their but servers. But it also sounds like there's a lot of uncertainty. Because even just scrolling through the articles, mm-hmm. it seems like there's a lot of uncertainty that this is actually taking place. Mm-hmm. For, like, patent violations and stuff like that? What yes. do you mean? I mean, wha- what's their purpose for... The chips? Yeah. Is to hack servers. Yeah. And to get, no, and to get into, uh, like, U.S. communications. Oh, and okay. And, and well, so, yeah. like Matt was saying, it sounds like they're putting, you know, surveillance technology within the actual devices but mm-hmm. now from that it sounds like it's actually also in the servers yeah. that operate that those that hardware yeah. operates through yeah. yeah so instead of having surveillance directly on his phone they are s- having surveillance on the the yeah. servers and yeah. operating interesting. systems interesting and now they're turning that on to the president's inner circle correct from what the yes. new york times are yes that's highly worrisome yeah so they're saying that they the it says that the um, intelligence agency is getting this information from people on the other side, on China's side, who is there to collect information. Okay. And they're talking about like, yeah, we're listening on our homeboys. Uh, yeah, that that um that brings up um like 
makes me think about the so he's I don't know if this is I think with everything that's going on this kind of different people have touched on it right. but the president um wanting to remove the talking about removing the United States from the uh, INF treaty mm-hmm. which was a nuclear treaty signed between President Reagan and and uh, and, and uh, Mikhail Gorbachev yes, in yeah, 1987 yeah, yeah. and uh the stated purpose is because Russia is cheating they're um, both the Obama administration and the W. Bush administration themselves even reported that Russia has deployed intermediate range nuclear missiles under their in their time in office. Right. The Trump administration is arguing that it's escalating now even more so. Right. They're not so holding up their end of the they're deal. They're not holding up their end of the deal. And he wants to remove the United States. But there's another like people who are policy experts are saying that there's another reason for this mm-hmm. and that's because China is who's not beholden to the INF treaty right. and the United States is so the United States can't place any ground based inter- yeah. intermediate range nuclear missiles around the world mm-hmm. as a balance as you know to try to balance against an aggressive nuclear nation yeah. so China has u- is starting to put in place right. ground based ground delivery systems mm-hmm. of internet of intermediate uh, range nuclear missiles mm-hmm. as they try to project their their power right and gain regional hegemony mm-hmm. the united states can't balance against that by placing its own Jesus. its its own inter- its own ground missiles yeah in in uh, like say vietnam or the philippines or somebody you know some a place that is you know or guam something like that where we could try to balance against that right so we're, we, we have our hands tied with this mm, treaty so there's there's actually a strategic reason for leaving the inf mm-hmm. um i'm not i have a whole thing written up about it but right. uh that's concerning that the two yeah. nations that are um that are forming our nuclear policy mm-hmm. right now right. are hacking our ser- are hacking our servers and swaying our elections right like we we might be pulling out of a three decade old treaty that has kept nuclear tensions down between the United right. States and Russia, and we don't know if if our if we have people who are making those decisions who are compromised for sure. Yeah. Ooh. Not ideal. Yeah. Not ideal. Not at all. Well, that's all I have. Do you guys have anything? I mean, we can talk about the INF treaty. All right. What do you got? So okay, so the the history of the INF of the INF treaty. Yeah. Um. Uh. So in the so the br- a brief history. Mm-hmm. Is the the Cold War in the 1980s intensify um, saw intensified rhetoric and aggressive po- po- policy by both the U.S. and the USSR. Mm-hmm. After the USSR reached parity in about the mid 1970s with the United States in terms of nuclear capability, mm-hmm. um, that was seen. Um, that would that became like the evidence of that was when Russia unveiled its SS-20 Saber intermediate range missiles, which greatly worried NATO because mm-hmm. it was much more technologically advanced than the S-4 and S-5 uh, short-range and range missiles yeah. because they were much more maneuverable, much more concealable, um, had a, and had a lot more lethality and range. They could actually reach Alaska. They could, from eastern shore of Russia, they could reach Alaska, mm-hmm. or from from somewhere in, like, say, Belarus, could reach Paris. So okay. it's much uh, much more extended range. Um, so with higher capability, um, better economic conditions for Russia, mm-hmm. and then also, um, you know, just more missiles in general right. allowed for um, in NATO to want to ramp up its own bal- balancing against Russia. Mm-hmm. So in 1979, the uh, NATO countries came together and formed what they called the dual track plan, which the first path of the plan was to try to get Russia to the negotiating table to get to what they called a zero balance nuclear um, nuclear agreement mm-hmm. that all parties involved 
would eliminate its nuclear weapons, especially the intermediate, the ground-based ones right. in Europe, and then try to work on Asia later. Mm-hmm. The second part of it was to increase, almost like a, almost in a way kind of undercuts the first one, right. but it, it was a way to try to force um, Russia to the negotiating table by implementing and putting more and deploying more nuclear weapons around Europe and NATO countries. Right. By basically putting so many nuclear weapons, it would force. They thought it would force mm-hmm. Russia to the negotiating table. Well, well, all that did was was piss off the hawks in Russia, right. who then increased their own capabilities. Mm-hmm. And you basically had this huge arms race in the mid 1980s right. that um, culminated in 1984. A lot of people who have written on the topic have said that's the closest the two sides were ever to nor- actually was had heightened rhetoric and more um, likelihood of nuclear war than the Cuban Missile Crisis. Right. Jeez. So it was like it, it was really really high tension. Mm-hmm. Um, so after Yuri Andropov and a series of um, short-lived um, secretary generals of the Soviet Union passed away, and the much more moderate uh, Mikhail Gorbachev took mm-hmm. in play, it came into power in 1985. Instantly began to try to to um, uh, tone down rhetoric and right. try to find common ground with President Reagan. Right. And a lot of that was due, and a lot of the reason why they were able to do that is because of the allied, the, the, the alliances the United States had in Western Europe. Not mm-hmm. only did the United States have its own missiles, but so did France and so did England. Right. And had, had the ec- economic, the joint economic capabilities of all of Western Europe, including the United States and Canada and Japan, mm-hmm. all working towards one common goal was that was just such a formidable force for a, a weakening mm-hmm. um in order for the Soviet Union to maintain its relative power with the United States, it had to spend almost twenty percent more of its national income just to keep up with the uh, um, just to keep up with the nuclear capabilities mm-hmm. that the United States mm-hmm. had and its allies had. And so that eventually after two years of two years of negotiating in nineteen eighty seven they came to the INF Treaty, which completely removed all ground based international uh, in intermediate range missiles around the world, right. over two thousand, over um, like twenty three hundred missiles were were removed and destroyed. There was all sorts of verif- verifying uh, clauses in there where they could, the United States could come in, Russia could come in and watch the removal and destruction of these of these. It's a, it's a, it was a landmark treaty. Right. It's it was an amazing treaty and it worked out great for the United States. It's very actually one sided on the United on behalf of the United mm-hmm. States according to the Council on Foreign Relations, and so that's kind of the history of it, and. Now the, the, tr- the Trump administration, as I had mentioned, is mm-hmm. looking at um, removing it. Right. Um, so I just want to see what your guys' thoughts, removing the United States from it. And there's two arguments for and against it. One, it's like, well, um, is the is the INF outdated? Right. And with Russia cheating anyway, right. what's the point of being in it and handcuffing ourselves, mm-hmm. especially if we can remove ourselves from it and start escalating and start to try to balance against a rising China? Yeah. Um, or is it to try to work mm-hmm. on better enforcing the INF and at the same time and because what the INF doesn't do the loophole is mm-hmm. that it doesn't limit air ba- air air deployed or sea deployed nuclear mm. weapons so we could invest higher in that still maintain right. our still maintain the INF because that keeps our moral our right. moral stance over Russia because they have to cheat we don't right right so I don't know. I just think what your guys' stances are on that. Do you guys have any? Um, I think the one thing I've noticed, especially when it comes to Russian nuclear capabilities, is I know they're developing supersonic or hypersonic rockets, which are like much more difficult to take down. Um, and so I see like this kind of more of an aggressive stance by Russia 
Um, which, just side note, Putin, since he's been in office, Russia has become much more aggressive. That's um, the point I was going to make, is I think the issue is the personnel. Yeah. I think you look at, I mean, if we're looking at three countries that we're considering in this conversation, China, mm-hmm. Russia, and the United mm-hmm. States. Yeah. I think the leadership of all three is a little concerning. Yeah. So when you have these moves being made, that's scary. But if you're also going to talk about negotiating the people that you have in place is a little scary. If you think about leaving and creating something new, the people that are in place it's a little concerning. I think it's also yeah. important to look at the histories of the two people in power in China and Russia. Mm-hmm. Cause I think a big defining moment with Putin that's made him more of a military hawk was Chechnya. Mm-hmm. Um, because that was a bloodbath mm-hmm. um, for both sides. And also looking at with Xi Jinping, his anti-corruption campaign. Mm-hmm. Cause essentially he just pr- like corruption in China is pretty significant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of also part of Chinese culture um, it's called Guangxi, mm-hmm. which is essentially like um, you take people out to fancy dinners and stuff to right. r- to improve relations with them. Mm-hmm. And they don't see that as corruption right. per se, but it also often leads to kind of corrupt For sure. things later on. But Xi Jinping has purged a lot of people. Right. Like this, and like he also eliminated the term limits. Well, um, he didn't he, he's also just centralized power to well, that himself. Well, w- that, that was the thing. He eliminated term limits. And you know when those were put in? After Mao, because they didn't want to have another Mao. Right, 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 like, right. Yo, things got a little out of hand. Yeah. But and he's using the pretext of corruption to give himself that power. Yeah, it was a power. Right, power. right, yeah. right, right. And Putin did the same thing with Chechnya. Mm-hmm. And so essentially he was like, hey, I'm protecting you from terrorism. And so you need a strong president like me mm-hmm. in order to protect you from not right. just Chechnya. Uh, the old liberty so versus security yeah. argument. <laughs> no, and and that's, that, that's what it is, though. And yeah. and no, it is. Um, no. And so I think it's also important to look at, you know, there are two aggressive expansionists right. in Russia. And right. Because well also Putin well, you have one. You have one expansionist country and one that would like to be an expansionist right. yeah, yeah, yeah. country. Yeah. No, and well then you have, the have the third. That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. Putin... Putin was highly, he talks about how the collapse of the Soviet Union was one of the greatest, um, I guess, tragedies in world history. Because I, I, we have to remember where he's from. He was mm-hmm. an ex-KGB agent. Mm-hmm. And he thought Gorbachev essentially, you know, ruined the empire of the Soviet Union. And he, Which he is completely false. If you look at the economic numbers, like <coughs> they were spending themselves and go into like an early grave. But right. to be fair, Gorbachev's policies of glassness and perestroika were largely failures, and he had an alcohol tax that almost single-handedly ended the Soviet Union in the late 18 or 1980s, and um, essentially it almost bankrupted them right when it started. Mm. But because uh, there were policies to critique him on. Um, oh, I'm not saying he was oh, perfect. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but yeah, but like also you were saying the Soviet Union's economy was not doing well regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when you're spending 60% of your yeah. income on nuclear weapons. But also Xi Jinping, mil- military. Xi Jinping is also very afraid of being overthrown mm-hmm. because in Chinese history, especially under the communist regimes, that's happened a lot. Especially because there was, I don't know if you ever heard of the Lin, uh, Lin Biao affair. Mm-hmm. It's essentially when Mao had a, his, who essentially was going to be his next guy in charge mm-hmm. um he whacked him mm-hmm. because they shot down his plane or they think there might have been a bomb on it mm-hmm. that, that blew it up because he was afraid of losing power right because he was like wait they might throw me out instead of let me graciously mm-hmm. leave mm-hmm. the scene the same thing happened with Deng xiaoping he had people he was afraid were going to get 
his power purged him. So he whacked S- them all. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, it was a whack job. Um, <laughs> a, s- a circle a circle whack. If you yeah, know. for sure. Um, and there was also so the much same, whacking. Same thing with um, uh, uh, Jiang Zemin, who was his. Right. Okay. So but Matt, w- so what is your thoughts on. I think we should. I honestly think we should stay in the treaty mm-hmm. because I think this is a push for if the U.S. gets out of it, then China and Russia can ramp. Right, up but so do we play? But China's already ramp- ramping up their nuclear capability. Right, because there is that argument that we're being, you know, our hands are behind our back. We can we can lift up other but elements of it. But, but as Jake said, those elements we lift up, I think, are superior enough to uh, stand up to China. So you're saying to reinforce or build up. The sea and air capabilities, yeah. or we draw in China to that treaty, because China's not beholden to it. Right. Well, you here's here's where the so, uh, just a quick side note. I think yeah. it might help clarify a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Council of Foreign Relations actually was wrong. I, f- I found a piece of wrong information, which is rare for them. Um, that they said that it was a that the INF was a bilateral only uh, agreement. Uh huh. That means only. Russia and the United States are beholden to its rules. Mm-hmm. That's actually false. In 1991, after the collapse of the Soviet Union, the United States reached, um, uh, made the the INF Treaty multilateral with the 12 successor states of the Soviet Union. Oh. So it's not just um, hmm. all Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, all of the right. former satellites but are actually all part of the INF. But what about China or like India, Pakistan? None, other them, none of them. So no. they're not beholden to it. So if anything, here's what I'd say. One, I think there's maybe a time where also we can revamp the deal with including China yeah. or, um, and other nuclear states. So also, I think it would be important to bring in India and Pakistan um, and, and like France and Gruber and just to make it seem like we're not just targeting China, even though it's essentially what we're doing. Yeah. Um, or maybe I could s- I think there is a fair argument to make to get out of it. I just think then we we're continuing the norms of removing presidents of the United States or, you know, that we've set in the past that yeah. have led to international stability, which I think is a dangerous and slippery slope. I just don't see our isolationist, nationalist president Oh, no, he's going to withdraw. Having any concern or notion. Bolton Bolton wants to withdraw. That's his national security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even to negotiate new treaties or with new countries to expand and involve them into it, I I do not see this administration having interest in that. Just to clarify, did he also renew the NATO or not um, uh, uh, NAFTA (laughs) treaty? Well, uh, he basically made NAFTA 2.0. Yeah. Which was we talked about it on the podcast, Matt. Once you listen, I, I it's the the U, the U.S. Mexico Canada, uh, yeah, Usumka agreement. Uh, it's uh, basically it's NAFTA with some minor tweaks. Yeah. Okay, but but essentially NAFTA is still the it's, U.S. It's the, stru- is the structure of America. Of America, the structure of the, of NAFTA is is largely in place. Right. Okay, because that was making me think if he had completely been like, no, we're going to reverse NAFTA, then I'd be like, honestly, I could see him easily withdraw from this. And well, it, but, he, but the, the, the thing is, is that he knew, like, okay, so here's where it gets into uh, foreign policy versus uh, domestic policy mm-hmm. on something on, like the well, the INF would need. Um, for him to remove himself from the INF doesn't take, uh, he doesn't have to have congressional approval. He knows in order to get the U- USMCA passed, he would have to, it's going to have to go through Congress. So he had to make it so right. that the, the, even the like free trade Republicans, which right. they're still there, they're quiet, but they're still there, yeah. would, would get behind. So he's, he's much more, his, his, his impulses are much more uh, handcuffed domestically than they are internationally. Right. So um, in, because 
uh, w- with this, he's going to have much more free reign to to have his ideology represented in policy when mm-hmm. it comes to foreign when it comes to foreign affairs. Mm-hmm. So I think, therefore, I, th- I think you're I think you you hit on on that. I think he has no interest in 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 building allied right. um, strength oh, no. with our right. allies. No. Um, because he doesn't trust them. You, you can right. even see with his quote about nationalism, right. making a, glo- a global community. Yeah, he, d- he, d- he has no interest in that. Right. Therefore, he has n- he doesn't see any. That's my concern. He, the guy is a you know complete defensive realist. It right. kind of reminds me of De- Deng Xiaoping's um, "Bide our time and hide our strength." Like it's kind of like building from within. That's what he thinks is going to make us strong: is building from within, yeah. hiding, uh, not getting involved in international treaties and international relations. Not when you're until, yeah. until we're at our strongest. But honestly, that failed with Deng Xiaoping because they had to start working um, with countries beyond their right, borders. Right. And I think, but I think Trump's kind of buying into that rhetoric. Not that he's li- writing right. about Deng Xiaoping. Well, I think that Jake mm-hmm. has said this multiple times. He's just concerned about the short gains. Yeah. yeah. So just by, I mean, in a way, biding his time, but just only concerning about the little victories first. That, that he can spin as big yes. victories to his yeah. constituents because uh, the only thing he cares about is re-election at this point, in my opinion. Right. But the um, I think the, p- the play devil's advocate is, um, Matt, you're, 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 I mean, through city's trap, right? We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah. this in episode four. Would removing ourselves from the INF, allowing our st- which gives us the ability to then put ground-based nuclear weapons in, in Southeast Asia, basically m- create Thucydides' trap, like make it make it even closer right now all of a sudden we have nuclear capability ready to go right now that at any point we could we could nuke china at a much much easier does that does that set in motion a much more likely thucydides trap because at least when we were putting nuclear weapons in in europe um during the 1980s there was already parity my question is this though also it's kind of a question that raises a question does that stop china expanding into like southeast asia the and, and kind of the gulf the thing is i don't think that stops them because i think nations are turning to china um especially with like especially again if i'm always going to preach it look at the, what's happening in east africa look what's happening in the congo look what's happening in pakistan and india where they're building ports for trade with that chi- the chinese are essentially sponsoring and i don't see us putting nuclear weapons in the south china sea stopping them from expanding because nations are turning to china because they can't turn to the u.s yeah and that, that's a very good counterpoint to to, to that uh, my devil's yeah. advocate argument because um they have to, you're right they have to turn to china because we pulled out of the trans-pacific partnership yeah. which left a, m- a massive uh hole that that is now being filled by china yeah. so you're right i don't you, you, so we may not even we may not even be able to put ground-based nuclear weapons yeah. because other countries are not going to want to piss off the it's, chinese it's like the same thing like um china's China is basically saying, like, we see, like, especially in East Africa, to be like, we see your human rights violations. We neither condone or condemn them. We just want to do business. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we'll build you $50 billion worth of, you know, uh, roads and infrastructure and, and, and you know, w- essentially whatever you need. Um, just we don't give, care. Us our, just yeah. give us your resources. Give us your, like, nickel, your copper, your aluminum. We will look, we will look away. Right. And but the U.S. wouldn't, and so Ethiopia well, the U.S. wouldn't under most administrations. Yeah. But as we've seen, this president has no interest but in he also human rights violations in Saudi Arabia when they kill matters. Washington Trump Post. Doesn't want. They don't think they can make a deal, which because Trump's so internally driven, domestically driven with industry. They African nations are like we can't make a deal that's going to be cost effective for us. But China, on the other hand. They're willing to kind of. That's a very good point. But to be fair, China's very good China's burying them in debt. Well, that's so my thought as far as like. You know, ex- getting out of the deal and expanding and and moving um, ground, 
capabilities and, and expanding ground capabilities is I can't I'm, I mean look at the way he's treated the other nations in Europe and their leaders and all around the world how are you going to get them to play ball mm-hmm. by allowing you to expand your nuclear capabilities especially under this administration in the way that he's or, behaves or trust that when that they're going to when push comes to shove he's going to have the best their best interest exactly. at heart well, yeah well look who they're turning to because what they're what tra- what may, what set the groundwork for the INF treaty it was the, a strong a strong unified western europe mm-hmm. exactly and we don't have that in right. right now and europe's turning to china because they're li- like the uk especially has been trying to increase and, and improve their relationship mm-hmm. with china because again they're not so sure about the consistency of the united states well right, they've also right. created an economic catastrophe with brexit yeah right so oh they're yeah, they're yeah. they're lo- the, re- yeah, the conservative the conservative right. party is also yeah. looking for a way that they can not have a complete economic collapse when they get a no deal brexit because yeah. of the wet dream that the that those <laughs> in this conservative party have <laughs> yeah, about yeah. brexit that they're going to have some economic utopia yeah. um uh when they when they leave when they leave the eu single market yeah. but there's no trade deal in they place with any other country and they're going to have a complete it's going to be an be utter disaster yeah. Well, it's they think it's going to be like the 1950s, 1960s Europe when they had a booming economy as the rebuild, or even return to like almost a colonial era. They'll, they think they can return to a colonial era, which is, era, well, which is the thing. they don't have colonies. That's what <laughs> propped up their exactly right. Economy. Right, they have no trees no, left they have no anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they've completely used yeah. up their coal well, deposits. They have you nothing. Can't, you can't use Indian labor anymore. You <laughs> right? can't go to your sp- <laughs> the, the Britain spice rack and be like, hey. Because that that's the only way mer- that's the only way isolationist slash mercantilist economics work is when you, you have markets. you have captured markets and guess what there are no captured markets yeah. anymore because now <laughs> India is a frick it's g- it's becoming an economic powerhouse. <laughs> 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 like, it's, tr- it's like shots fired, but like yeah. Britain, I'm sorry, you're not a major power anymore. Right, you're a regional power. You're even a if, if that, that if that if you're that. you're behind Germany and France at yeah. this point. Yeah. Like Germany is no joke. Yeah, when it comes to being an economic. Well, and they're going to be completely energy self-sufficient with their new electrical grid. That well, do you all see the, the? I think it's the f- fusion plant they're building. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that are insane. Yeah, mm-hmm. France and Germany are both investing in fusion. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's going to pay off. Clean coal, baby. <laughs> we're just <laughs> we're getting out our toothbrushes <laughs> and wiping off that coal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, you this, know, you know, this who regressionist economics is right. just is Norway. Norway, you know how much of a uh, of a safety net they've built mm-hmm. with their oil and petroleum funds, Bec- and you know what they're investing it in? Renewable energy. Yeah. And Denmark, Denmark runs on almost entirely electricity. Right. Because and not entirely, but like their wind power plants are insane. Do you guys know anything about this n- renewable energy tax in Washington? Yeah, I've looked into that. It's a I sixteen thirty one. Yeah. I've done a little bit of due diligence. Yeah. I need I need to do I need more to do more too before I say anything. But uh. From what I understand, and I don't know enough, but I think it's taxing like big companies mm-hmm. and their carbon output. Yeah. Um, and I was playing Xbox with someone who I play with every week. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, he's like, I'm not voting yes on that. They're just trying to tax me more. I was like, dude, it's not you. They're not taxing you. Yes, you might pay more in like fuel. I think is one way that it might hurt mm-hmm. regular taxpayers. But he was just like, plus that carbon shit, it's not real. Wait, like carbon, the element? Like carbon, um, Min- emissions? emissions. Yes, like 
in, oh. in their effects on our yes. comment. And I mean, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to like be rude, but he's a moron. He's a moron. Oh, well, no, I okay, told him I, he's a moron. Okay, well, <laughs> we can we can not call him a moron. I love him to death. That's your I friend. love him to death. I don't want to call you. I don't want to call your friend. I feel nothing for your friend. And I don't. I don't <laughs> want to go as far as no, calling your friend a moron. The thing. I love him. Here's I love him, but he's a dummy. Here's the thing. Well, no, he's no, been conditioned to believe that for sure. He's been com- yeah. conditioned to believe. I that. agree. But, so I was thinking about this on my bus ride home because I have many thoughts on the bus. Okay. Um, I find it unbelievably arrogant and ignorant mm-hmm. to deny the science behind it. Right. Because it'd be like going to your doctor, him telling you you have cancer, and you just being like, no. False. No. But I mean, look at the thing. world we live in with anti-vaxxers it's and but just it's nonsense. complete and denial but of science. They get into these loops on Facebook, on Instagram, on well, maybe not Instagram, but Twitter. Right. And and they they get force-fed this their own vomit, right? Which is nonsense. And so when I see when I hear things like that, yeah, it drives me insane because we're at the point where, at best, we slow the warmth of our climate. To a point where, like, hurricanes will still suck. Right. But we can kind of, like, we'll still have Florida. We'll be alive. Yeah. yeah. At best. Yeah. Yeah, Jake and I kind of talked about it Yeah, no, a little I remember bit. in your yeah. last podcast. But it's just, it's just frustrating that this complete denial of science. And, and, like, okay, yes, I say he's an idiot. I adore this guy. I love him to death. But I'm is it naivety? Is it ignorance? Because he has the capability and resources to look into it himself. But it's it's, it's kind of like this... This idea of like I'd rather just not know and believe what I believe. No, it's politicization. Well, it's, it, but there's but change. there's also like I agree there's, with that. There's almost is is he re- just a question? Is he religious at all? No. Okay. That's yeah. It. Okay. Then my, then my this point's a little undercut, yeah. but I th- still think it 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 explains some. Yeah. Is that Bill O'Reilly literally said on his show one time? Uh-huh. I'm not. I don't care about the effects of cli- of so-called global warming slash climate change right. because ultimately I'm leaving it up to the deity. Right. Like he, they think that we can't destroy our own planet because God won't let it happen. Right, right. Okay. Like, I, th- I could see that argument. I mean, I'm not saying that like I get it, but I get that argument being yeah. made. Yeah, that's also, but to me that's, there's no evidence that God would also be against climate change. Well, but also, I mean. He gave us free will, right? Yeah. Like this is. The corruption and the the poison that it takes to reinforce and speed up this climate change what about looking at that what about looking at as human beings just the terrible things that we're doing if if the god creator a god or your god or my god created this earth we're destroying it but he's got it he'll take care of it that 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 makes no sense to me people said the exact same thing about the holocaust that like why would a god uh, like a merciful God uh-huh. allow that to happen. Right. He would have intervened to stop that, right? Right. right. He would have intervened. Who? No, man intervened. Right, right. We For intervened. Sure. I agree. Because we were destroying ourselves. I don't know. I just thought you guys would think it's interesting. Well, that human, humans are only, like, I, and I, I've said this to you guys before, I don't think on the podcast, but yeah. like, I'm, I truly believe that humans are only capable of fundamental change mm-hmm. in the face of d- absolute destruction. For sure. I think and by the time we, yeah. by the time the powers to be that be in in the this in societies and just culture in general right. can get to the point where they collectively say we're fucked yeah it's too late i know yeah. i agree but i think at the same time i saw this on i believe it was facebook i i can't remember who did it but this isn't an original idea of myself i just saw it and mm-hmm. it really stood out to me mm-hmm. is that it was like humanity is like a snake eating its tail mm-hmm. we're slowly destroying ourselves right we and don't deserve this planet we don't right. well no we don't we i don't understand why we're not capable of being like hey 
a lot of people highly trained professionals who an overall consensus are like because i always hear this thing especially from like the stephen crowders mm-hmm. and stuff being like well there are three thousand climate scientists who say that it's not happening right but it's like it's the three thousand are not even remotely close to being an yeah overwhelming and they're funded majority. by freaking big oil and yeah. different industries that want to continue yeah. the status quo there's like this big climate money no, there's what, not. What, what economic self-interest does a scientist have yes. to 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 make up global warming? And they, right. they say grants. They're like they get grants. Well, and, and like Jake has made this argument before, the the ch- the money is in progression and change of technology and resource. Yeah. So, climate climate change aside, you have an economic self-interest right. to look yeah. for more efficient energy. Yeah. Right. You're not relying on other people's lands. You're not relying on working with other people's governments if you can find a way to make renewable energy and consistently use it within your country. But also, but burying your head in the sand and still writing that gap, we're still using old technology right. inputs to the energy. In the short run, looks good because you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about it. You you can still continue your own political power. You don't have to make those tough decisions. Yes, because the first person, because it's it will be. Hard. There's going to be a changeover. That first yeah. change is going to be hard, and the, but we have to do it. Right. I think you said it in your last podcast, and it really stood out to me, is that the person, the, the country, mm-hmm. who comes ahead of the climate, like, against the renewable energy. Right, the right. Because it That's what I'm saying. It's going to lead the world That's what I'm in, saying. It, economically for the next century or right. so. Yeah. Because well, yeah, the British, em- the British Empire harnessed coal. They're the first yeah. ones to really harness the in- input of coal. And they dominate for, in, like, in, what? In, in, in which country has dominated with, with, with gasoline? Like in, in with gasoline output and efficiency and in, in, in it's the United States. Right. So I mean that's what it's gonna, and the next the next energy be. revolution will be will be will be fusion or whatever yeah. it's gonna be. I think also it's gonna be Germany. But we're gonna be behind it. We're, right. we're gonna ha- we'll, we'll end up having to take a subservient role like the British Empire did. Yeah. Right. How embarrassing for the British Empire with one of the Suez Canal crisis yeah. when they wanted to try to implement old colonial Britain and Eisenhower said Tapped, you know, tapped old. <laughs> um, I don't know who was the prime minister at the time then. Probably Churchill. Who? In, uh, during the Suez Canal crisis in fifty yeah, three. Probably either Churchill or um, who succeeded Churchill. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't Whoever matter. the British PM <laughs> was at the time, they wanted to was come in Brown? over. They wanted to come in overthrow um, uh, the the I- the Egyptian government and take control of the Suez Canal. Mm-hmm. And because the Egyptians were backed by Russia, and the, Uni- and the United States worried about what that would do for uh, nu- yeah. for nuclear war escalation or Cold War escalation. The uh, US, like the US would and smacked around Britain and said, "No, you're going to stand yeah. down." At what point in uh, in the last 150 years preceding that would the British ever listen to the United oh, States on on a, on something that was so vital to their economic Never. self-interest, like Never. the Suez Canal was? Never. I mean, if, if you're looking for a pinpoint between when the United States and British flip-flopped in terms of global Suez. prominence, yeah. it was the Suez Canal crisis. Yeah. And honestly, when when that's going to uh, we're going to eventually end up having yeah. to to take a back seat to somebody. And are we okay with another country? Or maybe it's China. God forbid it is. But that they're the ones making global norms. They're the yeah. ones making the, right. the global decisions. Yeah. And Sir Anthony Eden. Sir Anthony, Anthony Eden. Eden. Okay. Yeah. Would never have guessed that. No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> uh, that, that's just my point. No, it's a good point. And that's why. And I'm thinking about the scientists, and that's why I'm most making that yeah. point. Is like, what interests do they have? They're trying to make us the the leaders in that renewable energy so that we can take continue this control mm-hmm. but we not we but a lot of people just shit on the scientists and say that they're lying or they're manipulating facts or they have these agendas or they're doing it for um grant funding but if 
we listened and looked to the scientists to grow renewable energy mm-hmm. that would benefit the nation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, just imagine if we went to uh, nuclear fission, or it's either fission or fusion. I'm mm-hmm. not entirely sure which one. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, one, the, one, the way the it's Germans u- are It's doing actually it, Yusuf Nurkic. It's Yusuf Nurkic. The way Germany is doing it is that, one, people are worried because of when they think of nuclear power, they think of the radiation and its effects. Yeah, yeah. But the way that the Germans are doing it, the nuclear... Um, Tony like, Stark, baby. Well, the, the, it's the, the same emissions way are dramatically yeah. less. It's the way that it's it's this it's the same concept of how the sun uh, creates hydrogen from helium. Yes, mm. or he- helium f- helium, helium from, from hydrogen. hydrogen. Mm-hmm. It's it's that it's uh, making wow. something bigger out of something smaller. Right. right, you have a hydrogen atom which is smaller than a helium mm-hmm. atom, but it can but because of its uh it's because of the hydrostatic equilibrium mm-hmm. and the pressure at the cor- at the center of our sun, right. it can it there's something that happens that creates something bigger out of something smaller. Mm-hmm. It's essentially, it's, it's what it's, uh, E equals MC squared. That's, that's, mm-hmm. um, I'm not a scientist, but right. Einstein's theory. Right. And, um, that's what the Germans and French for the last better part of the last decade and a half have been trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Did they break that? Yeah. Dunzo. Dunzo. Wow. Yeah, exactly. but, the, but the last thing I, I, I think I have on this, at least for me is, when it comes to the religious argument against it, mm-hmm. as a person who consider, I consider myself like semi-religious. Right. Like I'm, 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 I, Just I'm, answer. Say what you're going to say. Yeah, say <laughs> I'm going to say what I mean. All right, let's say hear it. Hey, shout out to I podcast. find it very... <laughs> it makes me very mad mm-hmm. when people say God will solve all problems. Because right. my question is this. When did he solve our major problems as a world? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I think of like things like the wiping out of Native Americans. Right. God didn't help us with that. Yeah, the mm-hmm. United St- he allowed the United States to come in and beat the Nazis. Yeah. Right. I mean, he allowed them. Yeah, but then every the single but time the white man has did been he help the Soviet th- Union? But every single time the white man has been here to fix all major problems. Oh! oh. <laughs> Let's distance ourselves from Jake. <laughs> but no, no but he's but like with this like well, that's what white nationalists believe. Yeah. yeah. But to me, it's like nationalists. To me, that's it's like this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just emphasizing that they're white nationalists. We have to take responsibility. Well, Jake said free will. We were given free will, yeah. and we're choosing to fuck shit up. Yeah, I mean, you can <laughs> make a, you can make a religious <laughs> counter argument to the real, to the argument that right. God's just going to take absolutely. care of us. Absolutely, absolutely. It's re- it, it's just. But it, I don't know the I don't know the religious argument that he ever has. Like, what? tell me a time when God took care of it. I mean, like th- I'm sure there's millions of arguments well, that could be well, made. Well, I'm, not okay, just, judge- just, I'm not saying just, this as a judgmental yeah, thing. No, I get it. I'm just saying I don't know. Right. When they're when they're like, oh, God will take care of it. Okay, when did he? I well, don't the, the know. The gradual march of the gradual march of society. Yes. Out of primordial muck to yes. what we have today. But we had gods before that. Was raw behind that? Was Yahweh? God's was always God's issue. Old, but God's always been there. It just took for, it took His Son coming here to create Christianity. This this is the arguments that they'll make. But that didn't. But what did that get us out of? No, what the he's saying is that. But what you're saying right now, is Matt, apocalypse? is that. When did he save us? <laughs> when did he save us from? The what apocalypse? you're saying is that. What Matt, I think. What I think Matt's saying is that there's always been gods or a god. Yeah. To be responsible or to be held as the reasoning for things. Kind of. Well, but you're but talking but about yeah, raw. You're talking cr- about a, a Christian no, would, would say that God has always been present. No, I'm saying so even though there's been other gods that no, people have that's believed. That's not really in. what I'm saying. When did they intervene to mm-hmm. save us from ourselves? Well, we're still here, aren't we? But was that God intervening, or was I that mean, ourselves? you could argue you that it is. You can't but, disprove it. But I don't know the argument. <laughs> what? Like, that's that's the yeah, argument. That's the like, argument. That's the argument. But I keep coming from like my thing is I always think about like the Holocaust because I always hear about Holocaust. Right, right, right. Where was God to help us? Right. 
Okay. America was the like was Ameri- God he, sent he us. He used America as a tool. Yes. But then he used the Soviet Union, which was an atheist state. Okay. Well, but but, but you a lot use of the tools that a lot you need of to make it. A lot of the hammer. A lot of Christians. No, but that's but but that's that underpins a lot right. of Christians. Uh, a Christian support of Donald Trump. They they okay. Well, he's not a, the greatest guy, but he's a tool of God. Yes. That is being that he's an instrument. I've heard that to, made. to bring it to bring about the changes that they want to see in our yes. society. So so you could you could it. you could just tr- you could just literally pick that argument and attach it to yes. the Soviet Union during thing. World War Two. Exactly. Again, I just don't see it. Okay, man. I just I'm don't sorry, see buddy. it. Like it frustrates me because I'm like oh, uh, I just don't see it. Well, I don't think you're meant to see it. Yeah. Like we're not like, w- like you can't rationally look at that and, mm-hmm. and come to that conclusion right, knowing right, right. history. Right. But if you selectively pick out yes. different pieces of history and you can you can that's how conspiracy theories work, right? You mm-hmm. weave in just enough truth mm-hmm. that it can be believable right. and then you get a whole then you get, then you surround yourself in a vacuum. You yeah. you are unmoved by observable facts and then you just believe what you want to believe. Right. Yeah. It's the same reason like that a long-time person that I know unfriended me because I literally showed him a piece of that fucking bill. <laughs> highlighted it for him and said you're wrong and then he unfriended me and blocked me yeah like it, these people like i like i want the same political end as this dude yeah. right like him and i are voting the same way yes. on this bill but because i don't i'm i will not suspend my values of um and call out when my even when my side is using false lie like lies to try to push their political agenda i right. won't fall in lockstep with that i'm an outcast right that's the society that we live in right now exactly that's where we're at mm-hmm. yeah I mean, I feel like I've been less affected by that than Jake has. I feel like Jake's in a very tough position. Well, I think with this bill, you're selling guns. You're you're dealing and interacting with those people every yeah. day. But Jake, the way you talked about it on your podcast, really, I felt like was it opened my eyes to how far we've fallen in discourse. Because Jake, who is like, if you're checking all the boxes for someone who'd vote no for this bill, right? I mean, he works at a gun store. He's a registered Republican. He is a conservative. He's super handsome. But you know what he also? Yeah, he's super <laughs> handsome. He, you know, he collects Beanie Babies. Right. He's voting for this bill. <laughs> right. But he's also unbelievably intelligent I'm and voting rational. Against, I'm voting against this bill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah sorry, that's what I meant. You are you you dissected it from an intellectual point of view. You said no. Cut the fear crap of like the National Registry. The right. Nonsense. Right. Right. If there's things to critique about this bill. He had genuine, like, right. these are the genuine critiques. Not nonsense, not, not scare lies. tactics. Yeah, not no lies. lies. He didn't lie about right. it. And so, like, I to me, that just, one, made me fall in love with you but more as a human being. <laughs> just just to bring this back around yeah. to our, our norm point. Yes. Yeah. The start of this whole, this whole talk. Yeah. yeah. Look at the norm you're destroying when you, al- when you consistently allow the rhetoric to use lies to try to get your political ends. Right. Yeah. What, what the, the the literal the mistrust then that creates in your whole political process? Yes. When both sides are using lies to to try to yes. create their own political so they, ends. And you see people who are now running for office who have who are trying to break these norms out. Like for example, that woman from um, uh, New York, Ocasio uh, Cortez, yeah. Corte- yeah. or whatever. Yeah. She's trying to break norms with the Democrats. Okay, but there's a difference between breaking norms like you're saying and breaking norms like Jake is saying. Jake is saying that. We're we're using lies yeah. to break these norms. It's okay that if you're going to break political norms and run but under a different party or doing run the as same thing. I don't know about any lies. Well, uh, maybe, yeah, I guess maybe not lies, but I think it's she's selling things in a way that are, is nonsense, and she has n- maybe pop- she populists tend to do. Populi- yes, it's populism. Okay, that's but that's the, the that norm. Part. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's what. Yeah. Wait, what's the norm for populism? populism? Yeah. It's becoming the norm. Yes. Well, yeah. It's okay. It's yeah. replacing yes. existing norms yes. that make democracy. But I think what possible. we're talking about is the the use of blatant lies. Yeah. To break norms, to manipulate, yeah. and, and that's to not to say also that. Well, I don't think they're. Inti- I don't think they're intentionally trying to break the norms of democracy, but it's it's, it's right, defi- right, 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 right. It's a corroding. They w- they want they want a political end. Yes. Right. They yeah. want they want a specific outcome. Right. And to get to that, they're willing to use lies yes. to do that. And yes. when that becomes that replaces the norm of civil and yes. honest discourse with lies and manipulative yes. discourse, you lose your democracy. That is the norm that we're becoming we're yes, falling yeah, into yeah. is seeing the goal that we need to get to and doing anything and making up anything and lying any way we yeah. can and need to to get to that point. Yeah. And that's not to say that lying hasn't been a part of American discourse. <laughs> Obviously it has been. Yeah. It's just saying that this is a different level. Right. Or maybe a, a form that's more corrosive than it has been maybe in the past. I mean it's affecting science. Yeah. Well, it's like objectable truth. Yeah, we just have. I mean, yeah, we just have. We have two sides that are are living in on their own realities, right? Yeah, and want to continue. And the people, like I said in my example, of someone who just has the capability to just look into it for themselves, and just chooses not to. Well, this this person literally said, like, oh, he's like, well, you can show me. He's like, you can show me any part of that bill that, but my beliefs are based solely on my mistrust of the liberal government of Washington. Therefore, anything that I say that can happen, this guy was saying ridiculous stuff right, that's right. just not true. And it's 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 ten, 10 minutes of research in reading the bill in its actual right. language disproves what this guy was saying. Right. And then he goes and says to me that my, my belief are validated by my mistrust of the government. Therefore, anything I think can happen is going to happen because I believe that the the government of Washington is corrupt. Right. You, if but he's pat. I'm like, then you need to. S- this is what this is what got him to unfollow me. And then, it, then you need to preface everything you say mm-hmm. as this is not based on fact, but based on my mistrust <laughs> of the of the gover- of the government of Washington. Yeah. And then I got unfollowed. Yeah. Blocked, I mean, if you're gonna make the argument that this could lead to other things, I believe that this could lead to worse things. Yes, but he was but he was trying to use fear tactics, posing that as fact. Yes. That that's what the bill says. To try to f- scare someone into voting along with him. Right. Yeah, and that's just that's that's dirty. That's dirty. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm yeah. done. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, <I'm> thoroughly depressed. <laughs> Thank yeah, you for joining it's us. It's been a great day in the apocalypse. No way, dude. Jake's beanie babies all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember to follow us on social media: Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Jake, look like you look like you want to say something. No, I'm good. I'm just. I I was just uh, I'm ready to say I love you guys. Oh, Matt, anything? I just want to say I know I can be a bit of a negative Nancy. Uh huh. But I just remember to be kind to yourself. And to yourself? To yourself. Oh, he's talking about those whack no, jobs again. I think, <laughs> I he's been think, hanging out with the weirdos down by the Social Security Administration. No, I think we can be a cut little... That. I think we're a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting No, he ha- we have to. Be. Oh, what'd you say? I, I mentioned Social Security Administration. Oh. But the thing is, I didn't. So... <laughs> that doesn't affect me. All right, Matt. What were you saying? I was just saying, be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Yeah. And more importantly... Read a book every once in a while. It, Ooh, it'll make you a better person. Read hella books for yeah. sure. Lots of books by Glenn Beck. Oh God. I, I, th- I think I th- <laughs> Kylie's Kylie's post today. Yeah, yeah, that was hilarious. Just another one of my Jake isms. Jake isms. Yeah, yeah. I'll post a uh, Glenn Beck right. the hero later. 
Okay, that's it. All right, that's it. Oh, um, I'll end with my final thought is uh, remember to say what you mean. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. That's good advice. Jake? Except if what you say what you mean is complete BS. And racist. And racist. <laughs> then don't say that. <laughs> then don't say that. Like, keep that for the Thanksgiving table. For Yeah, oh, yeah, coming up. Yeah. Jake? I'm good, man. All right, love you guys. Bye. Good night. Bye. <laughs>